0: Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kassanji. Before people can have a steadfast faith for healing of their body, they must be rid of all uncertainty concerning God's will in the matter. Appropriating faith cannot go beyond one's knowledge of the revealed will of God. Before attempting to exercise faith for healing, one needs to know what the scriptures plainly teach that it is just as much God's will to heal the body as it is to heal the soul. Many times, like I told us last time about the anointing, the gifts, it's easier. When you get to understand or you get anointed, it's easier for you to minister healing to others than it is for you to receive. Many times it's easier. It is easy to see a very sick minister ministering healing. It's easy to see a minister dying. How many ministers, like I was telling you, how people have asked questions, why did so-and-so die of cancer? Why did so? No prophet Kobas, he died of cancer. Yet, most of his, the healings he had in the latter years of his ministry were cancer. Cancer patients, people would come with bloated stomachs because of chemo and whatever they do. And his stomach is also bloated because of a medication he's going through. And you would see stomachs shrink instantly when he lays hands on them. So you see, releasing is so easy because you see, it is not for you. You're not anointed for you. You're anointed for other people. So it's so easy to pass on. You get it? It is so easy. Yeah? It is so easy for an investor to use money from the bank to become richer. You get what I'm saying? The banker just counts it and proves whether it really belongs to that account. So if you go and ask every bank how much money have you counted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? They may tell you billions. They're like, have you ever owned a billion? You get it? They are there. So... So with the anointing, so many, 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 you'll find that many people know how to minister healing. We know how to minister healing because we we received you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. And you see, I used to believe that because you carry, because you carry power to heal, you cannot be sick. Because no, you should not be sick, but you can be sick. You get what I'm saying? Now, for yourself, it's easy for a minister. It's easy to, like, what should I say? Like, there are many things I've seen, even in the prophetic, there are many things I've seen about, like, many things I've told other people, and me, I didn't know about me. Like, y- you get it? Like, simple things. Like, but I know about somebody. Maybe I'm saying you, you your firstborn is going to be a boy, or this is going to be this, this, and me I don't know about mine. And you see that's proof that it's a gift to the other. Does it mean I cannot know? No, it does not mean that, but it means that is different. That is my relationship with God. And you see, as we talk about all different gifts, we have to talk about both aspects. For you, and for it's easy to hear God's voice for others. Especially if you are called in the prophetic, it's easy for you, start, you hear a lot for others more than you hear for yourself. Um, if, if normally it's not like your primary calling or what you're not calling the prophetic, it may start a lot with hearing for yourself. But normally if it's in the prophetic, it starts a lot with hearing for others. And so it's the same thing about healing. Like you'll find many people who have never experienced a miraculous healing in their own life, yet they've seen many other people healed. You get it? But a few times they tell you that they've been sick, they had to see the doctor and that's how they got okay. Mighty men of God, mighty women of God. So it's so important for us to understand this. I quoted John Wimber last time when I was talking about the vineyard. John Wimber as in the vineyard, one of the things they were known for was healing. You get it? Creative miracles. Missing bones being recreated. Metal disappearing from bodies. You get it? As in very awesome miracles. People that had metal implants and implants would disappear. Miracles, you know, many, I I think with time we are going to, we should just be having, like during the week, if you come to this place, you just find these screens just playing videos of miracles. Until you're totally renewed, until we are all totally renewed to these things are happening, God is still doing them. Because in are times when you talk to people, you're like they feel like you're naive to talk about certain miracles. Yet you feel like they are so naive. These things are all over. You get it? You feel like it's them that are naive. You know, you see people who criticize ministers on, 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 on YouTube and where they're saying, oh, he claims miracles. There is no single documented miracle that of his. And you're like, that you don't even need to go to him. That you just need to go online. You get it? But it is because like the Bible tells us that seek and you shall find. So if you're seeking criticism, that is what you shall find. If you're seeking the truth, you'll find that truth. So there is someone who is so much seeking to disqualify the healing ministry. They'll find a lot that will seem to be proof. And they'll find a lot of counterfeit. They'll find a lot of lies and what, because it's true, it's happening. But you see, there is no counterfeit. There is no, if there is a counterfeit, then there must be the authentic. Yeah? No one ever cones anyone here with a 2,000 Kenya shilling note. Have you ever seen, like, hey, the Makanga guy was given a 2,000 Kenya shilling note? Why? Because there is no 2,000 Kenya shilling note. They say, oh, those are fake miracles. Those are, then show the authentic ones. You see, that's the Bible way. We never saw anybody in the Bible stand up to accuse people of doing false false things who didn't give the authentic. When Elijah came, he put up a contest and said, okay, let's call fire. He didn't just keep, oh, you're false prophets, your power is not of God. No, he said, no, let's come. Let's see the power of God. And When Moses came and these people came with their serpents and watering their sticks, he also had his and his room, and he swallowed theirs. When Jesus came, he also came with many miracles. When Paul came, even where there was a lady carrying the spirit of divination, he was able to drive the spirit out of her. We don't see them spending time on, be aware of these false miracles. We don't know what power they are using. Whoever is saying that a lot, whoever you see, and that is what they dwell on, they don't carry any power. Because if you carry power, you're so busy liberating people. Yeah. You don't have time to be looking for who is binding them and who is not binding them. Because you're so busy. Man, people are hurting. There are many people hurting. You can't know that you have it and you sit for four hours to record a video to tell how so-and-so is false, so-and-so is false, so-and-so is true, so-and-so is four hours and you carry power. No. You're like, those four hours, I would be using them in a hospital. Those four hours, I would be calling for a healing meeting. Those four hours, you can't waste time like that. So, whoever you see wasting time like that, the power they carry is power of words. Yeah. <laughs> and following on social media because people on social media like following whatever is negative. Yeah. So, but in this, you're going to receive. If you're going to receive healing and walk in divine health, you must be so convinced. You must get rid of all uncertainty. Yeah, as perta- as it pertains to whether God is willing or not. I was giving you the example of of, of, of John Wimber. This is something I had quoted from another minister. It was quoted from Carrie, Carrie Black. There are times that John Wimber really questioned if healing was also covered in the atonement. He believed in healing. But you see, you know, because I I don't know, I don't know the reason, but I know there is a lot of pressure today. You know, you can go on. When I say that Jesus died, he took the stripes. Part of the reason that he went on the cross is so that you do not suffer sickness. It is easy that somebody will come and preach against that, and they will show you, no, the cross was for forgiveness of sin. You're lying to people. You're doing... So, he had such a dilemma in him sometime. So, uh, this is what Carrie Blake was saying. That, that is why it was hard, a bit hard for him to receive healing, even when he was dying. It was a bit hard. Because see, once you grasp this truth, sickness can never take you out. That may sound to be so big a statement, but it is so true. Sickness can never take you out because all provision has been done. It is just like when we grasp this truth as it pertains to sin. We are born again and it's settled. You're not a sinner anymore. Because I don't doubt it. I know Jesus did it, it was accomplished. So there is no day I wake up thinking, wow, but my sins, mine, (laughs) mine, were they really covered? Were they really covered? No. So that I, 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 this is what I want us to look at, if this physical healing is really part of the redemption, and we can look at first of all where did the disease come from, the origin of disease. Let's Romans five twelve, Romans five twelve. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Hallelujah. In Genesis 2, 16-17 And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For it in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now you see there is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but there is also the tree of life. Yeah, you remember there's a tree of life. There are two trees in the garden. Actually, there were many. <laughs> you don't read your Bibles. You think there were two? Joan, there were two trees. The whole and it was called a garden. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there were two trees the, of of emphasis. There were two trees of mana. Yeah, there. there is a book by Rick Joyner called There Were Two Trees in the Garden. Yeah. So but he's talking about those two trees. And they were not meant to eat from and the tree of life. So I believe that in the beginning, they ate from the tree of life. They were not meant to die. They lived by eating from the tree of life. This was the tree of life. But he told them not to eat from the tree of... I believe there was going to be a time where it would be okay to eat from it. Because he said, "That day you eat from it, you shall surely die. And somebody may say, but they did not die. First of all, spiritually they died. And they realized they were naked, which they had not been naked. They were so Their physical eyes were so open, they were now living by their physical senses more. They were living more by the spirit, now they were living more in the, spirit, the, the physical senses. But you see, that is where death began. And sickness in your body is part of death, and that's why you see, with the natural ability to fight to fight sickness, if the natural ability gives way or fails, you die. It does not matter how serious a sickness is. You get it? People have died of flu. It may look simple. People have died of malaria. People have died of things that would seem simple. And what you see, even doctors know that they don't cure, they don't heal diseases. The doctors help the natural process. They assist the natural process. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're given antibiotics. To do what? Get rid of the pathogens. Get rid of... So that the body... Because bodies are naturally... God created them to heal themselves. You hear what I'm saying? And that is why when you cut yourself, it's not a wound forever. Because the body has a mechanism of healing itself. So doctors, medicine... They come in where the adversity is too much for, that, for the body to take on. The body is failing to fight on its own, so they come in to help. You get what I'm saying? And when they also eventually fail, it leads to death. You get what I'm saying? And even if you as an entire being may not die, organs can die. You get it? Your eyes can be dead totally. Your ears can be dead totally. Your kidney can be dead. Spleen can be dead. Like there can be parts that are dead. So we are seeing that it is from the fall of man that sickness came. Before this there was no sickness. They had the tree of life. So this is the origin of sickness. The origin of sickness is from the fall of man. Like he said in In what? In Romans. Like we read in Romans 5.12. Like he told us that sin entered sin entered into the world because of this one man. That one man. That one man. But I've forgiven him. (laughs) And death by sin. So death by sin. And that's the ultimate aim of disease or sickness. It is to kill. That is, uh, we will not be so serious about treating it. We will not have World Health Organization. If the ultimate was not death, ah, these things would be. They would not be that serious. You get it? Like there are things that are not that serious. We love soccer so much. There is a lot of money that comes from soccer. But you see, the end is not a life and death matter. So when Corona comes, you say, soccer, stop. Imagine, that's serious. Hollywood, as powerful as it has been, Corona comes, you say, Hollywood, stop. They are not a life and death matter, but sickness. Two people test positive, everything stands to stand still. And you see, many of us, I don't think Kenya has ever really experienced Ebola, but Uganda has experienced Ebola far from where I was. I've even never been to the places where Ebola was. Oh, I was close. I was in one place that was close. But you know how it shakes the nation? You know the checkups you go through at the airports, you go through because they're like, oh, there was a person there at the border of Uganda and Congo who had Ebola. You're landing at JKI and you're being checked. <laughs> like I'm <in> Congo. <laughs> that is how serious it is because they know in the end it is death. Which tells us about the devil. He only comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's the ultimate. To kill, to destroy. So this is what sickness is for. And it began from there. It began with a fall. Without sin, there is no sickness. When sin came, sickness, death came. That is where it came from. Hallelujah. So this would mean this would mean that the remedy to the fall suffices, isn't it? Because if it is the fall that brought it, then the remedy to the fall would also eradicate this. Hallelujah. It is just like if you have a disease, let me say, you you have a fever, high temperature like, oh, before he got malaria, you tested Then Before he got malaria, there was no fever. They don't treat the fever. They will not keep giving you panadols. They will treat the malaria. And when the malaria is treated, the fever will go. So why can't the church believe that if the sin issue was dealt with, the sickness issue was dealt with? Because it is sin that brought it. They Nothing, this is what I normally say, there is nothing that the devil did in the Garden of Eden that Jesus did not undo at Calvary. When he came, he came to fully undo whatever the devil had done. Praise the Lord. And I believe he did a very successful job. Because on Sunday we are talking about how much authority do I have. And part of this that we see in how much authority we have is that Jesus is seated. Being seated is a place of authority and rest. It is a place of everything is done. He raised him up and sat him at the right hand of the Father. There is no sitting before work is done. Praise the Lord. Otherwise, he would have raised him and given him a telescope a binoculars. You get it. To keep checking if... (laughs) Are things okay? No, but he went up and sat. Now that it's done, I told you he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. That was what he said, it is finished. So when Christians act like he said, I am finished, you see, when it comes to sickness, we act like he forgot that out. Like, oh, he really dealt with sin. Oh, Jesus, oh, thank you for dealing with my sin I'm not complaining, but if you had just added on that sickness bit. <laughs> we don't utter it, but I think some people, that's how their prayers are. <laughs> like if you had also just added on, if you are not just dealt, because me seeing, actually, I, I'm not struggling a lot, but sickness, that is what you should have dealt with more. <laughs> it was the same thing, and you see, we see it right from the Old Testament. And like we spoke, that is why it was so crucial and pivotal in the ministry of Jesus. Because I believe when Jesus came, he was coming as the Son of God. The Son of God is the one that redeemed us. He's the one that was given as a ransom for us. Yeah? It was the Son of God. And you see, when we look at his work on earth, I'm sure it gives us a clear picture of what redemption was all about. When we look at what he did, when we look at how Isaiah prophesied about him and he came and claimed the same thing, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed." And you see all the things that he lists. Then we see him starting to leave them. And Isaiah prophesied and said that he himself, he himself bore our iniquities, our infirmities, the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him and by his stripes we were healed. And when we read in Matthew, I think it's nine, he says he healed healed all those that were brought, even those that were maimed. You know, these are people whose body parts had been lost like in accidents. You get it? Now, in those years, it was not that they were hit by a train or in a plane crash. You get it? It was that they were in the field and the oxen plowed their food. Now, those are the accidents. (laughs) Yeah. When their dad told them, whenever you're plowing, don't put your leg in front of the plow. And the child didn't listen. So now all those... <laughs> what are you, when you read the Bible, you never think about it. <laughs> How do you read the Bible? I mean, when you read, you have to think. Okay, if they're mime. Today, if somebody's mime, they're going to say it was a landmine. It was, it was a car accident. It was this... So when you're reading the Bible, definitely like, ah, no, there's no car accident. You don't think like that when you're reading the Bible. You should think like that. (laughs) Think of real today scenarios. (laughs) Yeah, so they were all brought and healed them all. And it says it was to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah had said. Yeah? That our infirmities were put on him. He bore our infirmities. You know, the, the King James says he took our griefs and sorrows, but you see the Hebrew words there are koli and makov. He uses koli and makov, which means pains and sickness. That is the direct translation. So, if any Hebrew friend of yours reads for you the Bible and they read that in Hebrew, they'll see, you know, cause now. This helps many who want to explain our sickness to say, you see, these were sorrows, these were griefs, and yet that very person will say, no, he didn't take away sickness, it's griefs and sorrows. Those people are grieving and they are sorrowful. No (laughs) man. You know, there are many things that don't make sense when people try to remove things from the Bible because they remove some and they stay with some. Like they say, no, 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 miracles are not for today. Miracles stopped when the apostles, you see, we've advanced. Those days, medicine was not advanced and what, so God doesn't need miracles today because we've advanced with, how much have you advanced during this corona period? You know what I'm saying? The needs are the same. Sickness is going to come and show you you're not advanced yet. You need healing. But you know they will say, Miracles are not for today. They ended with the last apostle. They ended, and you're like, where is that written in the Bible? Where is that written in the Bible? There's no way it can be proven in the Bible. And then you would ask them, why do you still baptize? You get it? Because he said, go, baptize them, heal the sick, raise the dead. So you still baptize? (laughs) Why didn't it also end with the last apostle? Because you see, they are all baptizing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it is, it is in the same speech that Jesus told them to do everything. He told them, preach the gospel. They still preach. He told them, baptize. They still baptize. He said, heal the sick. No, 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 no. That one ended with the last apostles. <laughs> he, they shall speak in tongues. No, that one also ended. I will be with you. That one is still happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? That is selective feeding. That is, that is not what the Bible says. But we see that healing was so key in the ministry of Jesus while on earth, it shows us that it was very key in redemption. Because it was very, very key. Even You see even when he says, if you do not believe me, believe because of the works that I do. When you look at the works that he was talking about here, they were miracles and physical miracles. And you know, I used to think about this. Why is it that? Among the miracles that Jesus did, most of them are to the physical body. You get it? No, Samson, he had miracles of shaking walls, pillars, and what? Yeah? Imagine if Samson was here today. We don't need bulldozers to pull down Taj Mall. We're like, oh, Samson, there's somewhere. <laughs> you get it? We say, Samson, there's somewhere to minister tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's his ministry. <laughs> yeah? So how long are you going to take? Ah, it's just a 15 minutes ministry. <laughs> you know, we see that in the Old Testament. We see, we see Moses parting the Red Sea. We see him hitting the rock and water coming out of the rock. And you see, all this was still for human beings, though it was not directly on the physical body. We see we see great things, especially in the Old Testament, things, wonders that were a proof of God's power. So you would think that when his son comes, those are going to be the wonders he's going to use mainly. They are not the wonders he used mainly. What he used mainly were blind eyes, deaf ears, lame people. That's what he did mostly. Doesn't that show you that he was refocusing as to what is important? Because Jesus to prove to them that God is powerful, he would be telling them. Now come, gather. Then he tells them, everyone walk. Go two kilometers away. Then he creates an earthquake in the middle. like, do you see? That's God's power. You see here? How many want to get born again? (laughs) Because it's a miracle. It's power. (laughs) It's power. But you see, when Peter starts, he says, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And many believed on Jesus because of that miracle, a physical miracle. Many followed Jesus because of that. That even when you see when they were drawn to him, they knew there was help for physical healing. There was help that they took apart the roof to lower this man in because they knew it is going to happen. These were the ways that Jesus did it. And yet he told us that when we love him, he will come and he will make his home with us. So if he makes his home with us, today we believe that when you get born again, it is Jesus living in you. Like Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is not my life. It is his life. Mine was crucified. And now it is the life of Jesus. And that is a new creation. That is a child of God. That, on that day, you gave up your life to receive his. So if you receive his, then he should be seen living in you. And that was the greatest task that the disciples had. To prove that Jesus was alive in them. And if Jesus is alive in us... Then he's to do the same things that he did when he was alive in that Jewish man in Galilee. Because now he's not in that Jewish man in Galilee, but he's in us. He's in many of us. That is why he says that if they had known, they would not have crucified the King of Glory. The devil regretted. When he buried him, he didn't know he was a seed. Praise the Lord. And now many seeds germinated, many seedlings came up. We are many. The devil woke up on the third day, and he heard the grave is empty. Fifty days from there, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 came to the Lord, and the devil was like, everywhere he would see Jesus. He looks this way, Peter looks like Jesus. Philip looks like Jesus. There's one in Samaria. He can't stop them. They've become viral. Praise the Lord. That is who he's called us to be. And we see that that's why the apostles had those results. That's why people were brought and put on the sides of the road that at least the shadow of Peter should touch them. Why? Because they really believed that this was working and it was happening. Maybe a lot of the publicity that we are doing, because you see today, the average church, our bait for congregants, for people to receive Christ, is by how we decorate our pews, by how we air-condition our place, by the excellence we have, by having a temperature gun, by having good photos. But you see, that that, 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 is, that is how we want to draw people. Yeah? Jesus didn't have any of those things. He didn't even walk with a nice worship team. Actually, we never see any time that Jesus said, Worship. <laughs> 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 Man, those apostles must have had pathetic voices. Don't you receive consolation? We who are not in the worship team, don't we feel consoled? That out of his whole team, there is no one he ever gave opportunity one time to sing, because <laughs> he knew the congregants would leave. <laughs> hey, that consoles us. As in, yeah, three and a half years, and you've not told any of those guys to sing. You know, somebody may think all oh, songs had not yet been invented. No, they were there. <laughs> the psalms were all songs. <laughs> But these guys just had very, very bad voices. Very bad voices. So Jesus didn't risk. So they are, so, <laughs> <laughs> so his church was lacking in some of those aspects. No good worship team. They are not even taught in hospitality. Children. Who kicks away children from church? <laughs> like these guys are not trained. They are not... Yet without microphones, without training for hospitality, he could gather a crowd of 5,000 women. That means that crowd was most probably 25,000 and above. Because believe those women came with children, they came with their husbands, it was rare that the women went alone, with no microphone, no Facebook advert, no trained hospitality team, no good musicians that he could still gather such a crowd maybe if we go back to the bible we would get we would get principles that work that people are fighting to open a roof Now that ah we will pay for the roof you 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 must be healed it was not their house and they are taking off the roof tiles it was in their house that is how serious they believe in this. You get what I'm saying? It is just like if you really believe how valuable the things in your house are, you'll break the lock if you've lost a key, isn't it? <laughs> Hope we would all break the lock. <laughs> oh, you don't say, hey, that lock, it's expensive. <laughs> If people start seeing miracles in our meetings, seeing the power of God, they will come. They'll be drawn. That's why you see, some of the people that are criticized a lot as weird churches, that is the one thing they've chosen to have. They don't know a lot about theology. They don't know a lot about church order, they, but they know. So as the media writes about them, oh, that's a church for the poor. That's a church. Look at how their pastor doesn't even speak well. Look at this. The next day you watch, the crowd is bigger. The other day you watch, the crowd is bigger. The other. Some of their videos, the camera was slanting. Like there's no excellence, but the crowd is there. You who has your camera nicely, you're there. One view on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah? (laughs) People flooded these meetings because of this. And Jesus used it to prove God's love and God's forgiveness. He used, like to Jesus, it was key in redemption. I feel like it's arrogance when we say we can convince people of God's love and forgiveness without miracles. I feel like it's arrogance because when the Son of God Himself came, He used miracles to prove to them. Like He told that man that was sick of a palsy, your sins are forgiven. Take your bed and go. He said, to prove that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin on earth, take your bed and go. Jesus used it. Even when the people could not believe Him, maybe for they could not believe his good sermons and oratory and all that. He told them, if you don't believe me, at least believe me for the miracles. Jesus knew that miracles produce proof of the resurrection and of God, God's love. And when he was telling the disciples to go out, he also emphasized that you should not go until you endude with power. And we see the path of their ministry. It was in power. First time they go out, they meet a lame man and say, what we have we give unto you. Rise up and walk. And not 3,000. 3,000 was on the day of Pentecost. Like 5,000 people got born again. Because this was proof. It was not much talking. It was not much. It was proof. It is the same thing we see Paul, even if the church in Corinth was not so mature, but Paul had better results in Corinth than in Berea. He says these in Berea were more noble. Many people think that the ones in Berea were noble because they searched scriptures. No, they, it's, they were noble. That's why they searched scriptures. King James is saying noble, but it's meaning these were Nairobians. You get it? We need to check out what he's saying. That's what he's saying. That, that's how the Bereans were. So, you know, we take it like they were just a good example because it shows us to search scripture. It is good for us to search. It is good for, you know, to believe whatever I'm saying just for the sake of believing. It is good that you go and search and see I in line with the word of God. But they, 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 they is being cynical also. This is what these guys were in. So, you see, it took them so long to believe because every day he preaches the ego. They search and search. Which page is that? Which? Then they go. Then after seven months, they get it. They finally get it. Like many, many people today. There are people who get things very fast if you explain very slowly for very long. (laughs) But you see, when he came to Corinth, he says, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence of human speech, but I came in demonstration of power and of the Spirit. And there the results were, bam, many believed. Many were already flowing in power, yet even immature. These were the ones getting drunk during Holy Communion, they the ones, but they were demonstrating the power of God. They caught on immediately. I think that made him also learn. And that is why wherever we go, that's what we wanted. Like people in East Port Court, actually they've come back today. But you see, they've seen crazy, like yesterday, many, many healings that they had. But you see, that's so key when we go for missions because it makes the work quick. We don't go for missions and start... You see, one miracle is more than a thousand sermons. It's more than a thousand sermons. I once was blind, but now I see. And that is why Jesus dealt on them so much. They were key in redemption and they were going to prove... To people, Because, like he tells this man, because you see the disciples ask them this, which is, I believe it is, an inherent question that people have, especially from the fall of man. We have a question that comes from us being condemned, because when Adam sinned, we were all condemned. And so condemnation speaks in everyone that has not received Christ. Praise the Lord. And so condemnation needs proof that it is not yet, that, that it's been dealt with. So they asked Jesus, who sinned so that this man should be blind? They, they got it. They had the point. Who sinned? And that's what happens up to today. You mean God loves us? God loves this village? You've brought this message to us? When that lame drunkard or lame prostitute on their village gets born again, I said, this was to prove that Jesus paid for your sins, they will all believe. Because, you see, there is that in them that is longing to find out what is the proof that I've really been forgiven. What proofs that have been forgiven. And he put it together. I believe it is us being restored to that place and beyond where Adam and Eve was. They were in a place where there was no sickness. And it is something that has been relegated, but it is something that we should preach over and over. And we see from a number of scriptures right in the Old Testament. Okay, let's read Isaiah 53. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It is to you and me. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground, he hath no form, no comeliness." And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That is on the cross. There is no beauty. Everyone fled away from him. He is despised and rejected of men at the cross. You see, you know many people read these things and they think this was the life of Jesus. They think Jesus was ugly. No, he wasn't ugly. They think, oh, you know, that's what they say. Oh, you see, he was a man of sorrows all his life. Yeah. No, we despised him, rejected him. He had 5,000 people. Well, he had to send people away many times. Who told you he was rejected? He lived a life of rejection. This is the cross. That he the exchange was at the cross. This is where he became everything for us. It was at the cross. Even when you talk about uh, sickness, he took our place and all. Did you never see that Jesus was sick in his life. He took on sickness at the cross. People so, oh, Jesus was poor and what? Who said he was poor? Especially religious people like that. Okay, if he was poor, be rich. You get it? Okay, the old Jesus was crucified. You also be crucified. You know, because you see, that's what they are saying. You as a pastor, you rich, but Jesus was poor. He was also crucified. <laughs> so as a pastor, you should also be crucified. I was born in a home. I was born in a hospital. He was born in a manger. You see, there is, no, there is no point where we see Jesus poor on earth. You see, poor means you can't access what you need. We don't see that on earth. There is no time Jesus told the disciples, Hey, today, we'll just have breakfast tomorrow. Like, <laughs> No, you know, you don't see that. He took these guys from their jobs, Yeah? And yet none of them lacked. He even asked them one time, Did any of you lack? They said no. Yet he told them, Leave your fishing, come follow me. And even had a treasurer. And to show that he was so rich the treasurer was a thief. (laughs) Yeah. No. Even churches don't have treasurers. This man with 12 boys walking with him, he has a treasurer. That must be a loaded man. Do people just say a treasurer just anyhow? Even many of you who are treasurers, you're not employed. It's not a full-time thing. It's just a committee title. (laughs) You're there to just monitor cash flow. (laughs) Yeah. But Jesus had a treasurer. Jesus, and he was a thief. Yet we never see that there was no money. Yeah. Yeah. We never see that there is no money. Peter, who is working with him every day, Jesus goes to heal Peter's mother-in-law. And there is food for her to make for them. These guys are not working. This guy who employed them provided for them. He sends them out and tells them, don't take a pass, just go. And he tells them, don't greet anyone, don't do what? And he tells them, did you lack? And they did not lack. So you don't see Jesus lacking in life. Poverty is not I don't have money to show. No. Poverty is you, 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 you can't afford accommodation. You can't afford food. Whatever you're doing is just the bare minimum. Jesus, they have, he says, no, collect, don't, let it not go to waste. They collect food, fill 12 baskets. If you wanted to start a business, take away business, that would be that. <laughs> There's food there. Cooked from heaven. (laughs) Meaning it's not even perishable. (laughs) Yeah? So we don't see him, but we see him lack at the cross when he was thirsty. He wanted to drink. And for the first time we see Jesus not being able to get what he wanted. So, like Corinthians say, he became poor. By his own grace, he became poor for us. He was thirsty. And he died thirsty for us. He took our place. So it's the same thing with sickness. So when you read what Isaiah is saying, most of this was fulfilled during the crucifixion. Yeah? Let's go back to Isaiah 53. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses. And carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But all this, it was for us. It was our transgressions. Yeah? It was our iniquities. It's our peace he was paying for. And those stripes, we were healed. The many stripes that he got, the 39, why didn't he stop them at 10? It is because he had corona would come. You get what I'm saying? Cancer would come. He knew all the diseases. He chose to put his back to be plowed. Let me receive the whole punishment so that they never ever will need to suffer sickness again. Let me carry it. And he took it. So look at how when the things are listed here. I don't believe that they are being listed even in order of priority. It's not that the last is the least or... You get it. So why is it that we only separate and we are so good at believing he took our iniquities and transgressions? There's a story that was told by Shambach. There's somebody that uh, I think testified in their church. She was on a hospital, she, not a hospital, but she was at home. She was taken home. But she had been taken home to die. Discharged from hospital, taken to die. Because she could not take anything down, she could, she was dying. Dying of sickness. So she's going to die. And so she starts reading. She reads First Peter chapter 2. So she's reading First Peter chapter 2, she starts with, let's go to 1 Peter 2. Let's go to, who did no sin? Neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth right, righteously. This was all at the cross. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on that tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. You get it? So she read up to there and she was very excited. She's just crying. She calls the mom and she's like, he took my sins. Mom, I'm okay. I'm going to die and I'm going to go to heaven. He took my sins. He took I'm okay now to die. I'm okay to die. There is no worry. You should not be worried. It's okay. The doctors did whatever they could but I can die. It's okay. After that with the mom and all that then she went back. By whose stripes you were healed? Ah, she came back. She, she, I think she used to use a wheelchair, I don't remember. But she go to the kitchen. So mom gets her there. So what are you doing? She told her mom, I'm fixing myself milk. And what? She's like, no, you were told you can't take this. You will die. It will kill you faster. Like she was not meant to take any solid or liquid food. You will, you will even just die. Then the mom is like, oh, they say it she would start having mental issues towards the time of dying. She's like, no, ma'am, I went back and read. He didn't just take my sins. I was also healed. I was, I can eat now, ma'am. Actually, I'm not dying. I'm not going to die. He healed me also. And the mom is like, oh, she's really crazy. <laughs> and she took the milk and she ate food and sickness. Never saw her again. That's the point. He took our infirmities just like he took our sins, just like he took our iniquities, just like he took our transgressions. This lady got it. It was the same. Because see, when we get born again, we are so excited. I'm free, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God. No more sin, that's my past. We sing songs about our past, it's the past. We don't look back. We are free. There is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. There is no sickness for them that are in Christ Jesus. He also took it. He took it. Praise the Lord. Now, from what we read at the beginning, saying that when it comes to receiving, healing, and walking in, this, in divine health, it is so important for you to understand God's will pertaining the subject or the matter. It is so important. Because, you see, you can only understand this from his word. Just like we are seeing here, he doesn't separate. Then when you go back to the Old Testament, we've seen in Isaiah, he's put them together. He's speaking about what Jesus will do on the cross. He's not left out sickness. Then we go to Psalm 103, verse 1 to 3. This is David writing. David had grasped this also already. Yeah? My soul, do not forget the benefits of the Lord. Yeah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. There's even a time where he says, My soul, rise up. He's done, he's telling his soul. In you know, other words, his soul is in his soul is feeling downcast. He's feeling like there is no reason to praise God. He's feeling, oh, there's sickness, there's this, there's this, so-and-so talked bad about me. I'm the king, but my son doesn't believe in my kingdom. And what? God, it is just time for whining. It's time for a pity party. My soul, I'm not throwing any pity party. Rise up and praise the Lord. He says, bless the Lord. He says, do not forget his benefits. Look at the two benefits he gives in verse 3. Who forgiveth All thine iniquities, who healeth all, 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 all. Imagine. David puts them together. Okay, let's go to 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah we will not go into Leviticus today, but you see, you're going to Leviticus when they did the, they did the ceremonies of atonement, aton, atonement for the one that had leprosy. Why were they doing atonement for those that were sick physically? This was to point us to what was coming. This was to point us to what was coming. Then in Numbers, when they were being beaten by snakes, I like that King James calls them fiery snakes, fiery serpents. I don't know how they look. I don't know how they carry the fire, but these were fiery serpents. I've never. I've been to many snake parks. I love going to snake park. But you see, Numbers when he tells us when these fiery serpents came and they are biting them and he said, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, put it on a tree, and whoever looks shall be healed. And he comes in John 3.14, and he tells us, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Yeah? That whosoever believes in him. So, the other time it was looking, this time looking is believing. So the other time is whoever looks. There are people who didn't look. They say, oh, my tent is too far, I can't look. They died. You get it? Do you really know my situation? It is four that have beaten me. Four snakes, four. <laughs> what will looking do? They were not healed. the same something that goes on today? Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I've done? You think Jesus can really heal me? I've been to every pastor, I've been. Whoever believes, says whoever believes, So it was looking. But you see, this was a type of Calvary. And a type of Calvary provided physical healing. This was a shadow of what was to come. The real substance was Jesus that was going to hang on that cross. This was a symbol. So if a type of Calvary was able to liberate people like that, what of today if we look to that Jesus on that cross who bore all our sicknesses? Who took them on his body? Won't we also be made complete? Isn't he showing us redemption right from the Old Testament? Isn't he showing us that it was part of this? And John comes and writes in, it's First John 2, 3. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Your soul prospering, that is your spiritual growth. And he's saying that you also be in health. To these guys, it was key. It, it was not to them, it was not something like, ah, once in a while, God will make you whole. But you know, today they are doctors, they are what. So you don't need to really believe God for just your sins being forgiven. So you see, that's how the gospel has been preached. It's been preached like healing is secondary. It's been preached like when it comes to divine healing, to 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 seeing healing. That is, it comes like it's just a bonus. It was not that key to God. That when Jesus died on the cross, it was not very key. It is something, ah, when he wills, he will heal us. When he does not, but no one tells you, if he wills, he will forgive you and you'll get born again. No one says that. Everyone says, God is willing to save you. God is willing to save you. They will even convince you even when you do it. Why don't you get born again? na pombe koke. Isn't that what they will tell you? (laughs) They never tell you it's not God's will. You get it? They never say it's not God's will. But when it comes to healing, ah, in his time he will heal you. Then when we are trying to make people believe and believe, they're like, no, 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 no. You see, that happens according to how God wills. Yet when we read scriptures, they are not separated. Whenever he's talking about forgiveness of sin, he's talking about healing. Forgiveness of sin, healing. Right from the Old Testament. Right from the Old Testament. If you believe that like your sins were dealt with 2,000 years ago, if you believe that sickness was also dealt with 2,000 years ago, the devil will close that door. The devil will stop. Because The thing is, we believe, you see, we believe God may heal us. Why? Because he's not healed. It is very hard to get something, to use something that you don't already have. You get it? Are some of you planning to use some money you don't have? You know how hard it is. Yeah? Because, yeah, you tell the landlord, on fifth, I'm going to be paid and I'll give you, I'll give you. You get it? Then fifth, you're not paid. You, you again go, you're like, ah, now I wasn't paid because you didn't have it. It's very hard to use it. <laughs> That's how it's so hard to see some of these things in the spirit because we don't believe that we have them. We believe that they are still with God. We believe that when we get ready, God will release. So you're believing that God is still holding healing up there. Then one day when your faith has grown and what? God will release it. So your faith has to grow. Then God releases it. Then you apply it. But when you realize that God gave it already, it is going to be easy. Because your faith growing is faith to just release it. It is not faith to get it and release it. It is faith to release it because you've already got it. You get what I'm saying? So if we get to know that healing Just like forgiveness, 2,000 years ago, they were given. Jesus is not there planning to heal corona. He did 2,000 years ago. That is why he told Paul to the Gentiles to preach to them to turn from darkness to light, to open their eyes. Why? Because these things are already here. But it's just that people's eyes are blinded. So that is why people will pray and bombard. They say, let's bombard the gates of heaven. Let's prevail against heaven. Because we believe that there is something. God is there like, ah, you guys have not prayed enough. You pray. Like, ah, maybe let's give them. And Angel Michael is like, eee, God. No. God, you remember how intercessor so-and-so used to pray before we used to give him. These ones are joking. No, we can't give them now. <laughs> you know, that that's how we act. It's like God is holding back. God is not holding back anything. It would It's even painful to him that we think he's holding back. After all that his son went through. T.L. Osborne was one time preaching and, you know, crowds are coming and, you know, because they would announce, bring the lamb, bring the dead, bring the... So... He's there praying in the evening before going, oh God, please, when those people come, heal them, heal them for us, heal them for us, heal them for us. Then he says, like in an echo, God spoke to him. He said, for who? (laughs) So he said, then he realized how foolish he had been praying, how his prayer was very foolish. Then God told him, 2,000 years ago, before you were born, I saw those people. I loved them. I gave my son. He gave his back. It was plowed like a field to heal them. And now that you've just got born again a few years ago and discovered that you now want to get me interested in healing them? You get it? That's how we pray many times. Like we want to to show God that we are more concerned about the sick than he is. God, if you really love them, why don't you heal them? Really? 2,000 years ago, where were you? What even gives you authority to pray to him? Doesn't that show you that you already loved them? Oh, God, if you really love my parents. Oh, God, if you really love... Really? You think that's how he's going to prove to you that he loves them? 2,000 years ago, he loved them. When they were enemies... him when they did not choose him he chose them and it is so sad when he sees us beg, like he didn't give for it it is so sad it is so painful to him that this is something that the devil has fought for like when God sees many Christians just keeps are coming to sickness are coming to sickness are coming to sickness I believe it is so sad because these are things that he addressed more than anything we see it in both testaments. We see him addressing it directly. You shall not die, but you shall live to proclaim the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. No pestilence, no plague shall come your way. Like he was so key on health. Even Isaiah, Ezekiel is healed. Like, look at the prophet gets God, directs him to get leaves, leaves that would heal somebody. God was so interested in healing. He makes Uh, the pool of Siloam, pool of Bethsaida. Naman is dipped in the Jordan to heal. Like this was God's agenda all this while. You shall die when you're of full age. You shall... God speaks about this over and over and over. Health was so important to him. And today we act like he's never thought about it. So you see, many times we struggle to receive because we've we've not believed that it was given in redemption. Or we are not sure of redemption. There are people who are not even sure that sins were forgiven 2,000 years ago. They think every time I sin is when God has to release some forgiveness. But you see, when we realize it was done 2,000 years ago, it is going to be easy to walk in it for ourselves. And you see, as we walk in it, it even gives us more confidence to impart it to others. It gives us a lot of confidence to impart it to others. Because we are a living testimony. We speak to them and tell them, see, this thing works. I used to be sickly until I had a man. I had Kenneth Hagin say since 1934, the only headache he's had is three seconds. And that was 2002. I'm like, I want that life. I want... So it, like, I'm telling you, it was um, uh, it, it, it just blew my mind. I was like, I've been in church all this long and no one has ever said it is possible not to be sick. I felt so betrayed. I felt like, why have they always left it out? Why are they busy teaching us about everything? Don't smoke. Don't sag your pants. They are telling us all these things and none of them has ever told me that it's possible not to be sick. I felt so betrayed. Because I felt like what is relevant to them is what they've made relevant to me. They are not telling me what is very relevant to God. They are telling me about a hairstyle I should have. They are telling me, oh, it's wrong for a man to plate his hair. It's wrong for... Then we have a crusade. And one of the men who come, the white man, has a ponytail. And I'm like, is he a man? (laughs) You see, I'm a small boy. Like, is he a man? So him, is he going to heaven? And you see, that's what the church has done. Deprived us of the cause of the gospel and taken us into dressing, taken us into hairstyle, taken us into where to face while praying, taken us into praying at midnight. Everything that is not in the Bible is what they've taken us into. You get what I'm saying? That is what they've taken us into. And no one... Very few people boldly stand and tell believers, it is possible for you not to be sick. And if they say it, they are just saying it in passing. They don't want it to be tested. Because once they feel like, oh, you, you have a fever. Like, pastor, I'm believing. I'm not, uh, don't be foolish. Go to hospital. <laughs> That's when you realize that they were just saying it. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. But we are a generation that believes these things. These are the things that are going to shake this nation. These are the things that are going to be seen. People, are, You know there are many Christians who have been Christians for more than 15 years and they've never seen a physical miracle take place. They've never. That was not the early church. Imagine. You've been sitting in church for 10 years and you've never Many Christians were like, I've been a Christian for 20 years. They've never seen. They don't know anyone who was blind and they see. They don't know anyone who was lame and they walk. They don't know. More than 10 years in church. The early church was not that way. Even when you see James saying, is any among you sick?" Because James doesn't expect. But it's like, if there's any, let him go to the elders. Because as into them, it was... Healing was just something that was so common because it was pivotal with the gospel. And that is why when they had a preacher somewhere, they took the sick. Because you just being a preacher, they believed you spoke for God. And they believed that one of the things that was so key to God was physical healing. Jesus came and demonstrated it a lot, even to the non-believers. Like that man who was blind, who later comes and says, I now believe. I was blind, but now I see. Jesus didn't tell him, believe on God or what. He just healed him. He healed, as in Jesus showed them how it is so, like this. And God does that because God values your physical body so much. Because you are as important to God on earth, as healthy as your physical body is. You can only go and climb up the mountains to preach to people. As if your legs are healthy. You can only speak to people if you still have your voice. Anything that is not of faith is celebrated. Whatever is of faith is attacked. When you start speaking like this, they say you're taking it too far. When you come and you start speaking about, "Ah, even me many times I'm sick, this time I'm this, this time I'm this, everyone, oh, they are real. We want to listen to them. They are real. Isn't the power of God real? Isn't what we've believed real? Can't we speak about what we've believed with results? Can't we stand and testify to what we believe? Has the blood of Jesus lost its power? Is what he did on the cross, was it in vain? It is so true, and it works today. Why are we not seeing it? It is because he said, just like he said, whoever looks, he also said, whoever believes. Do you believe it? Why does Isaiah ask, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? Not very many have believed our report. Who has believed our report? This is going to be our report. The devil should stop tormenting people with sickness. The way you hate to see people bound in sin is the same way you should hate seeing people bound with sickness. Because Jesus paid for both. He suffered for both. It is unfair to him. He went through all that beating till he was disfigured for our healing. We should hate sickness. First of all, hate it in your body. Don't tolerate it. Speak to it. Don't allow it. It will come, it will knock. but we say no. By his stripes. Because it's what we do with sickness. You see, when you're struggling, I mean with sin, when you're struggling with sin, you don't, you don't, you don't just settle. You don't know, naturally I'm a liar. You say, no, I'm not lying anymore. Jesus, sin, you shall not have dominion over me. Sin, you shall not have dominion over me. I'm not under the bondage of sin anymore. I shall not be a liar. I'm not a liar. I'm a child of God. We resist sin steadfastly. We resist sin. Addiction live my life. Addiction live my life. But when it comes to sickness, you're like, you don't know. You need wisdom. And the devil keeps winning. We resist it. You just say, no. It is not normal. Even when the weather is cold, I'm not meant to be congested. I'm not meant to be blocked. I'm not. You You don't take it as normal. These are my allergies. Jesus took them 2,000 years ago. He took them 2,000 years ago. Don't give any room to the devil. I'm used to migraines. so no, it's because I'm not taking my medication. No, it's because I'm not taking this. You can live free from that medication. He paid that price. And once you experience it, it will be very easy for you to give it to other people. It will be easy to carry it to other people. Father, thank you for everyone that came today.